morning. morning. The uh, thoughts I've had over the past, uh, it's been several months actually, um, keep coming back to the same thing. It seems like the Lord keeps reminding me of this this truth um, or or several several of these truths. Um, Last time I spoke, we, we were talking about spiritual gifts um, we kind of looked at an overview of them and, and the, the importance of using them in, in the assembly to build up the church. And uh, that, although that is a very important topic, uh, we'll be taking a break from that um, and, and, Lord willing, revisiting that um, later. Um, one of the texts is, uh, that we're going to keep going back and forth to is in James. So if you'd like to open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and uh, we'll begin in verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let's just look to the Lord one more time. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you for the opportunity we had to remember your son. Um, Father, uh, oftentimes it is hard for us to comprehend um, the love and the humility it took uh, to bring your son down from the heights of heaven, um, to walk and and live as a man. Um, But Father, it was lower still um, to death he did go. And Father, uh, as we remember that this morning, um, we are humbled and we... um, with all of our hearts, want to thank you. Um, Lord, now as we open your word, we just pray that as we uh, consider this, um, this topic or the subject of, of testing, we pray, Lord, that you would um, speak through uh, your word, and Father, that your word would go forth. Uh, Father, nothing would be said of the flesh, um, and uh, Father, that uh, we would grow closer to you as a result of it. Um, we just pray all these things and lift this uh, time in your hands, in your son's name. Amen. Um, that, that is the topic, or the, uh, the text we'll be coming back and forth to, but I'd like to, uh, um, our, our major text is going to be in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, so if you turn there. Um, as uh, Ken was speaking, Ken Daughters last couple week, uh, or a couple weeks ago, or I think it was last week, he was uh, speaking on um, the Savior and his incarnation, but he made a, a couple points about trials and about testings. And then uh, Andrew spoke uh, several, or uh, I think two weeks ago on Sunday evening, and he brought up the same topic. I thought uh, he was going to give the message that I was thinking of, um, but, but uh, he, he was, he was uh, visiting in Job and what Job went through. And, I think, and, and, and it goes right along with what uh, we'll be looking at this morning. Um, so if... Um, uh, we'll begin in, in, in 1 Samuel 17. This is a familiar story. Oftentimes, uh, I think we overlook some of these childhood stories and write them off as such, um, but I think there's great spiritual uh, gleanings that we can um, take from each of these stories, uh, Noah's Ark, um, David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den, and sometimes we glance over them, and um, uh, Lord willing, we'll be uh, looking at some of these and, and hopefully gleaning some things from this. Um, uh, the story of David and Goliath, again, is a, is a familiar one. It's a popular one. 
Um, what I'd like to take a look at is how God prepared David to fight Goliath, um, how God equipped him to fight him, and then how God used him and strengthened him uh, to fight Goliath. And also, as we, as we look, um, we will be seeing some uh, marvelous comparisons to David, um, to our, uh, comparisons of, of David to our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we'll be looking at this morning. So uh, beginning in, in 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. And they encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the other men were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and the Israel... And Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. Here we have the, the Philistines and the Israelites lining up for battle. And I believe uh, the, the Word of God paints a, a beautiful picture of, of what's taking place here. We have uh, two armies. Um, the Philistines, we know that they're uh, um, an army, uh, a country that Israel has been battling and will battle for years to come. Um, and they line up against each other on, on, on a mountain, on a mountaintop with a valley in between, and that's, that's going to come into play later. Uh, moving along in verse 4, it says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat <clears throat> of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and the shield-bearer went before him. Uh, here we have this champion out of the camp of the Philistines, um, uh, Goliath, and, and we, again, we, we are very familiar with the story, but just uh, to refresh our memories, um, this was a very, very big man. <laughs> um, conservatively, he was nine and a half feet tall, um, some believe that he was even taller than that, ranging all the way up to 11 feet. Um, a, a very, very large man. Uh, they, they guesstimate him weighing anywhere from 600 to 750 pounds. Um, uh, not only was he large, and not only would that be uh, intimidating in itself, but he was completely covered with armor from head to toe, um, minus a little spot in his forehead. Um, his, he was heavily armored with a bronze helmet. Everything, everything was made of, 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 of strong metal. The coat of mail, or the, the chain mail that he wore, um, was 5,000 shekels. Um, they, they, they guessed that this could have weighed anywhere from 150 to 200 pounds, just this, this coat in itself. Um, and uh, the, he had armored leggings all the way down to his feet. Um, the total armor, well over 200 pounds. Um, on top of how big he was. Uh, the weapons that he had um, were massive. Uh, the, the spear, it, we have a description of it, was like a weaver's beam, uh, just a massive stick used um, for, for weaving uh, fabrics. And the spear head, just the head of the spear, weighed anywhere from 15 to 20 pounds. Um, an extremely large, heavily equipped man. Um, not only that, he had a javelin on his back. Um, and then, as we know, he had a sword. In, in, his, in his side. And this sword um, was what was used to kill him. 
Um, the, my thought was, as I was reading this, went back to Matthew 26, 52, uh, the Lord's comment to Peter after he cut off the ear, and he says, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. And um, we do know that that's, that is uh, the, the, the case in Goliath's situation. Um, not only on top of all these, this armor and this, these weapons, he had a shield. He had a giant shield in front of him. Um, very intimidating. Uh, this was... This was not your normal warrior. This was a man that was, that was enormous. And, and we will see the effect that just his size and his stature and his equipment had on the children of Israel. Um, moving along in verse 8, <clears throat> it says, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Um, not only was Goliath big, not only was he extremely strong, um, but he was very arrogant. Um, he, um, he obviously scanned the crowd. He saw nobody's, sticking, nobody's head sticking above the, the, the line. Um, he thought he had this uh, in the bag, um, and he was a champion. Um, later, later uh, we hear from Saul that he's been a champion since his youth. Um, never has there been a time that anybody could stand up against him and win. Um, Goliath challenges Israel to solve the war, this battle between the two of them, with a one-on-one -on -one fight. Um, obviously, they put all their eggs in one basket, and they, they counted on Goliath to win. No doubt that this has worked in the past for them, and so they, were they would continue to do this. Um, uh, confidence, uh, Goliath very confident in his abilities, his physical abilities. Um, may we not fall into that same temptation. Uh, may we not um, depend on our own strengths and our own um, abilities and gifts to get us through certain situations. Um, he, and he sets the terms. The, loser, um, the loser's country will serve the winners. Um, and uh, all of this is okay. All of this is normal battle negotiations. But he sticks his uh, foot in his mouth in verse 10. And when he says, I defy the armies of Israel... Uh, this word defy um, carries the same meaning as blasphemy or, or to disgrace. Um, and he was disgracing the armies of Israel, the armies of, of the children of God. And um, we will see later that defying uh, God, um, uh, this, this, will be, this will be what, what causes his death. Um, again, knowing that, God, that Israel means, um, there are several meanings for it, but God rules or prince of God. Um, several interpretations of that. Um, Saul and Israel are terrified. Uh, they're dismayed. They don't know what to do. Um, and they're very afraid. Again, a very intimidating man. This is the, the Bible paints a beautiful picture here of, of who Goliath was. Um, they, no doubt they searched the camp to, for someone to come up against Saul. I mean, hopefully somebody had a, a brother who was bigger than normal or something. Somebody that was a, a, a well equipped warrior and they searched the camp and they were to found no they, they found no one um, and and uh, praise God that we 
have a forerunner who has gone before us. And we see this picture of David coming and stepping in and fulfilling that place when there was no one to, to, to step up. And we have a forerunner in, in Christ who has conquered sin and death and hell that we remembered this morning. Um, and, and hopefully we'll look at a, a better picture of that in a minute. <clears throat> uh, moving along in verse 12, it says, Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, um, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons. Um, and the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went uh, to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the, uh, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Um, So we see here we have this, uh, we go back to Jesse, okay? Uh, Jesse's family was introduced in, um, uh, we know in, in uh, the previous chapter, in chapter 16, where, where Samuel anoints David. Um, and David had already been anointed king. And uh, if you look back to um, chapter 16 and verse 12, it says, So he went and brought him. Now he was, uh, this is, this is when Samuel had gone through all the brothers. He went through all seven, and, and still the Lord hadn't given him um, the answer. So um, Sam, in, verse, in verse 11, it says, uh, Je- Samuel says to Jesse, Send him, bring him, for he will not sit down. We will not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And here's the key phrase. The spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So we have, we have David being anointed as king. And then later in this chapter, we know that, um, that David uh, was called to go um, play for Saul. Saul had a, a troubling spirit that was upon him. Um, someone in, uh, reminded him that David played well. And David would come and play for Saul, uh, play music before him. But it's important that we see that David was spirit-filled um, at the point of his anointing. Um, now, continuing, in verse 16, it says, and, this, and the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Uh, Goliath had tested these, the, the children of Israel morning and evening for 40 days. Um, there's uh, a picture or a number that we've seen throughout the entire Bible, uh, the number 40, um, 40 years, 40 days. Um, there's other times where this, and, and a period of testing, um, we see in the time of Moses. Uh, Moses spent 40 years as a shepherd. Um, then he spent 40 years uh, leading the, uh, the children of Israel. Um, Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness um, without fail. Um, so we see this, this, this number 40 here, that Goliath has come to test them um, for 40 days, morning and evening. Uh, then verse 17, uh, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now Saul... 
and, and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley fighting with the Philistines. Here we have Jesse um, sending his, his, uh, his youngest to go check on his brothers. Um, David obviously didn't read his uh, history too well. Um, there was another brother that was sent to check on his brothers, and um, it didn't turn out well for him. But uh, David, in faith, um, uh, listened to his father and, and went. And uh, there, was, there was things that he was supposed to do, three, three important things. Um, the first was to bring gifts. David brought um, bread and cheese, uh, nourishment um, to his brothers. Um, uh, we have a, a Savior who came, and not only to, did he come to die, but while he was here, he came to heal the sick and to do mighty works. Um, he was to, to bring back news of what was happening uh, in the war. Um, it'd be interesting to see what David did say to his father when he did return eventually. Um, I, 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 I think it'd be interesting. Who knows, maybe he was carrying the head of Goliath and, um, as he walked back. But, and ultimately, and, and Jesse didn't tell him this, but we do know that David was sent to ultimately save um, their lives. He was to save their brother's lives. And again, we have this picture of Christ who, who came not only to do good things, not only to teach, but to save us from our sin. Um, so we'll continue in, in verse 20. Um, David, it says, So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array against the army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Um, it says, Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. So he spoke according to these same words. So David heard them. Um, here we have David rising early to obey his father. Um, and it says, As Jesse had commanded him, um, this is where David's victory starts. This is where David's um, uh, um, progress or, or how he, he accomplishes these, these trials or these testings that the Lord sends him is in obedience. He starts obeying his father. Um, and, and we too are, are asked to obey our Heavenly Father. We are to, to walk in obedience and to walk um, and to obey his commands. Um, it, it's interesting that David arrives on the 40th day just as Israel and the Philistines were gearing up for battle. Now, uh, we have uh, morning and evening. Everybody's gearing up, ready for battle. Um, it's interesting that even though they had this agreement, um, it seems, that Goliath would fight um, another one-on-one, -on -one, that they still geared up for war. Um, they were still prepared if the Philistines were to come over and attack. Um, and it says that David ran to the battle line um, other versions will read that he ran into the trenches. Um, here we have, uh, again, a picture of our Savior who has come down and who has met us in the trenches. Um, we were in this valley. We were in this battle, um, and, and he came down to, in, in our time of need. And then it's interesting that David heard the blasphemy of Goliath. He heard these mockings and these, these tauntings that this giant was uh, hurling out against the children of Israel. And... Um, we will see that this angered him. Um, this, this, really, this really got under his skin. Um, 
Verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Um, so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills, this, the ki- uh, kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father, uh, father's house um, exemption from taxes in Israel. Um, it says, and, and then David spoke to the men who said to him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and who takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills, um, who kills him. Um, when the men saw Goliath, they ran away. Uh, my question is, did this happen every day, twice a day? They would r- walk up in battle array to the, to the battle line, and then they would turn and run away back to their tents. Did this happen every day, or is this especially for David? Um, and and, and it, it brought to mind, and again, getting into our, our, our subject and our topic, are, are we to run away from testings? Are we to run away when, when things come up in our lives? Um, these men uh, ran away. Um, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that we are to flee temptation. Um, that, is, that, is, that is true. Um, we are to run away from it. Um, but this was a test, and this wasn't going away. Every morning, as they, every night as they ran back to their tents, every morning that test, that Goliath, wasn't going anywhere. He was, he was still there. And oftentimes we too try to, to run away from our, our, our testings, the trials that the Lord has given us, and, and we can't. They're there, and we have to face them. We have to deal with them. Um, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Um, this, is a, this is a truth that I believe that David knew um, well, uh, that he had this strength. And, and again, going back to our text that we read at the beginning, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. Um, and, and this is why we are being tested. And, and we are to not only to, to deal with this and to endure it, um, but we are told to call on the Lord, um, who is our strength, and to count it all joy when we fall into these trials, um, knowing that that testing produces endurance or patience. Uh, the men talk about the riches that were to be given uh, to the victor. Um, these riches were a, a great riches given from the king, no doubt, um, Saul's daughter, um, and tax exemption for his family. Um, this, is, um, this is what the world can offer and that's it. That's about, that's, that's about it. Fame, popularity, riches, um, a beautiful woman, tax exemption, which all sound very good. Um, but these are earthly pleasures. These are earthly pleasures. And this is not what motivated David. Um, this is not what motivates godly men in, 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 uh, in the Bible. And this, this is not what should motivate us. Um, as we remember, Abraham refused um, rewards when he delivered Sodom. Um, when, he, when he rescued Lot um, in, in, in Genesis 14, he refused it. Um, he only asked for bread and, and wine. Um, we have a, another picture of when Daniel interpreted the, the writing on the wall for Belshazzar, and, and he told him to get a, a gold chain and put a purple robe around his neck, and he refused it. Um, that wasn't his motivation. Um, our motivation to serve the Lord shouldn't be to, to receive things, 
to get something out of it, to, 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 to earn uh, rewards from heaven. Our motivation should be our love for our, our Father and our love for our Savior. That should be our motivation to serve and to act and to use our spiritual gifts and to give out the gospel. These are, these are the things that motivate us and, and motivate us to stand up against um, the trials that come in our lives. It should be an absolute love for God. Um, when, when David faced Goliath, or when he, when he came to that battle line, he didn't see a giant. Everybody else saw a giant and ran. What did David see? He saw an uncircumcised Philistine who was, who was defying or who was blaspheming his God. Um, and and this, this angered David. This, this, really, this really burned him up. And my thought came, do we, still, do we have the same zeal for the name of God? When, when we hear our Lord's name used in vain, um, are, are we angry? Are we upset? Or, or have we grown cold to hearing it on a daily basis to where now it doesn't even affect us? Um, cursings are bad, swear words are, are terrible, and, but, and we hear them um, in, an, in, an, in our lives every single day. But when somebody uses the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in vain, that is, is the, the ultimate. There, there's nothing that should, should make us more upset than that. He is our Savior and He is our God. Um, may we have the same passion that David has for, for, for his God's name. Um, moving on to verse 28. It says, Now Eliab, his oldest uh, brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? With, um, and with whom have you left those few little sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you, and, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him uh, toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Um, not only do we have Goliath uh, belittling and attacking David um, and, and, and kind of trying to get under his skin, but we have his own brother um, um, mocking him, and, and, and it says his, his anger was aroused towards him. Um, and again, it, it was his own family. Um, as he comes down, he's, he's here to bring gifts, to bring bread and cheese and, and check on them and, and bring um, you know, tidings from his father. And what do we have here? We have uh, a rejection from his own family. Uh, again, a, a beautiful picture of our Lord that he came to his own and his own did not receive him in John 1.11. Um, marvelous the p comparisons that we see between David and our Lord. Um, after his brother berates him, he, he, he simply replies, what have I done now? It was just a question. Um, and it's interesting, uh, and, and it brought to mind the verse in Proverbs 15 that a, a soft an uh, answer turns away wrath. And again, uh, no doubt a proverb that David would have taught to, to uh, Solomon. Uh, good things. Um, it, it's, it's a good thing that these comments and these, these belittlements um, from, from, his, from his brothers and from Goliath didn't discourage him from completing um, what God had sent him to do. Um, uh, in verse 31, it says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he, went, uh, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go 
against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Uh, but David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it um, and delivered it from, the, uh, from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Um, The word got out that David was uh, willing to fight Goliath. Um, And that word quickly went to the king. And the king, no doubt, was excited to hear that at least somebody, after 40 days, somebody was here to fight uh, this Goliath. Um, At this point, Saul, it didn't matter who it was. Saul was just happy to hear this news, and he calls from him immediately. Um, And then, uh, no doubt, he was disappointed as soon as he saw David. Um, But David uh, assures Saul, uh, he says, don't be afraid. I have come here to fight this, this giant. Um, And David saw a need and came to fulfill it. Uh, Again, a marvelous picture of our Lord. Um, In Saul's eyes, he wasn't qualified. He was too young, and um, he was not a warrior. He was probably dressed like a shepherd um, coming to visit his brothers. And and it reminded me of a verse in in 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but... Be an example to the believers in the world in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Um, Age is not a factor in God's eyes. Um, God does not have us to grow to a certain age of uh, a level of maturity, and then he's able to use us. Um, We have several examples um, throughout the Bible of this. Um, Oftentimes we fool ourselves, and, and you've heard me say it from this, this uh, platform before, but um, we, we are not to say, I will serve the Lord when, and fill in the blank. I finish school, um, I get a job, I get married, or, or when I have all the free time in the world and when I retire. Then, then that's, that's when I'm, you know, I'm at the age where I can serve the Lord. Um, there were several youths that God used throughout the Bible. We have an example of, of Daniel, who at a young age took a mighty stand in an enemy country for God. Um, and it didn't matter what, what they were going to do to him. That he was going, it said he purposed in his heart to follow the Lord. Um, we have an example, and, and one that, I'm, that I love, in Josiah. Um, king Josiah, who was eight, seven, eight years old, and he became king of Israel, and it said he was a good king. Um, a, a marvelous example we have, even though he had an evil father. Um, we have an example of Naaman, um, the, the, the commander, um, who, was, who was healed uh, of his leprosy by Elijah. Well, who gave him the good news that there was a, a man to heal him? It was a little servant girl in his house. A little girl brought him the gospel and gave the gospel to her boss, um, and, 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 and we know on the other side, we have countless examples of old men and women used of God in mighty ways. So God does not look on age. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Um, David wasn't much to look at as far as a, go, uh, as far as a warrior goes, um, especially at work. You know, uh, 
when we're dealing with some of these, these, these criminals and these gangsters and you know, guys out of jail and stuff, um, they do this too. They size you up and, and they look at you. And if, if you're you know, not in shape or you're tiny or you know, things of that nature, um, they, they'll use that and they'll take advantage of you. Um, and, and Saul, and, and, and we'll, we'll see that Goliath does the same thing, and he looks at this tiny little boy, maybe 15, 16 years old, um, and you're going to send him to fight a 9.5-foot, 750-pound giant, armed to the teeth, ready to kill whoever. We would do the same thing, I think. You know, if we were, if we were in Saul's position, I think we would have the same mindset. Um, but... It, Praise the Lord that God hasn't cho- he has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise, and that he's chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Um, in, 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 in all accounts, Goliath should have won that fight. He should have. Okay? If, you're, if you're a betting man, you, you put your money on Goliath. Um, praise the Lord that, that he doesn't use these, these things, but he uses the weak things of this world. Um, we must be careful that we don't judge someone um, God, that God has chosen to do a mighty thing. Um, we, we serve an awesome God who can do mighty things through whoever he chooses, and, and we need to be reminded of this. Um, and, and again, it, it reminds me of the, of the verse that we have, and as we remember in this morning, um, he has no form or comeliness. When we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. Um, when Jesus came, again, he wasn't much to look at. It wasn't that they followed him based on his looks. Um, and, and, and we see, again, a beautiful picture of our Savior. Um, getting into it, and, and uh, we're running out of time, but David's qualifications. And this is where I'd like to spend uh, some time. Uh, again, and it's interesting that we, we read this this morning, but David's, one of David's qualifications was that he was a shepherd. Um, this is what qualified him to fight and to be a good leader. Um, it said, and, and we see in this example that he risked his life to save his sheep. Um, uh, and, and good shepherds make good leaders. Um, it's interesting that, that bad shepherds make bad leaders. First Samuel 9, verses 3 through 4, we see that Saul lost his father's donkeys. So we have this, 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 this bad shepherd who eventually becomes a, a bad king, who is, who is um, standing in front of a, of a good shepherd who's put his, put his life on the line to save just a few sheep of his father's sheep. Uh, marvelous, the, the, the picture that we have in Jesus Christ there. Um, he fought with lions and bears. Um, I think sometimes we read our Bibles too quickly and we kind of glance over this like, okay, he killed a lion and he killed his, killed his bear. Um, but uh, these, are, these, are big, these are big obstacles here. Um, bears are, you know, again, five, 500 to, you know, 800 pounds and, and with, a, with a sheep in his mouth. And it says that he grabbed it, he, he, he scares it away, gets the sheep back. And as the, the bear comes against him, he grabs it by the beard and kills it. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, David had this, used his sling to kill these animals. But it says he grabbed it by the beard and then he killed it. So this little boy, this little 15, 16-year-old boy, was given this supernatural strength to kill lions and bears. Um, and it's the faith that we have in these little trials. Again, going back to the preparation that God prepares us for the bigger battles down the line. Um, and, and again, it's hard to, to, to say that a bear attack is a little trial, but David was able to, to, to 
um, passed that test that God had sent to him, and he was able to kill these lions and these bears. Um, at the time, and in, in those situations, these bears would have seemed gigantic. These lions would have seemed gigantic. To us, it, you know, we see them at Yosemite and things of that, and, and on the TV and stuff, and they're very big animals. And, and, and if you stand, and again, this is something that I've, I've shared with some of the young people, as we approach trials and situations in life, and we, and we look at them up close, they seem enormous. But we are called to look at these things from a heavenly perspective. Um, look at them in the eyes of eternity. And what is the Lord trying to do in this situation? And this is how we are to, to look at various trials as they come into our lives and testings. Um, in eternity, is it going to matter if we pass that one final? Or if we got that promotion? Or if, you know, whatever else the case or the trial. It's not going to matter. These are little tests and, 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 and we need to look at them through, through the eyes of eternity and from a heavenly perspective. Um, God was preparing him in the smaller things, in these smaller testings, for a bigger trial that was to come in, in Goliath. Um, again, going back to our, our text, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance, produces patience, that if David from the get-go was to face Goliath, perhaps he wouldn't be able to, but be, because of his, his faith was tested in these little things, he was able to pass that bigger test that came. Um, and, and a verse that... It, it says that God is faithful, who will not allow us to be tempted above what, beyond what we are able. Again, this is dealing with temptation, but I think the principle is the same, that God is not going to test us beyond what we're able to bear. Um, and David remembered the, the protection in the past, and this is what helped him get through the test that was in the future. Um, David knew um, the Lord's protection through his entire life. And we're going to quickly go to um, Psalm chapter, um, Psalm 139. Um, we, we see a beautiful, we get a beautiful glimpse of the, of the prayer life of David in the book of Psalms. And in, in Psalm chapter um, 139, Psalm chapter 139, Verses 5, it says, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is, it is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the earth, uh, parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Um, and your right hand shall hold me. Um, here again, we see this protection that David knew throughout his entire life. Um, battle after battle, situation after situation, David knew that, the, that, that God's hand was protecting him. Um, and David had a, another qualification, or another thing that David had was a zeal for God's name and his glory. Um, this, this, this defying that, that was being hurled by um, or this blasphemy that was being hurled by Goliath should have angered the Israelites so much and that they, they were just going to fight. Um, but they, they were scared. They were afraid. And um, going back to our text um, and wrapping up very quickly, um, in verses 38, <clears throat> it says, So Saul clothed David with an armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail, David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk, 
for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk, for I had not tested them. So David took it off. Um, Verse 40, and then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Um, Saul gives David his armor. Okay, He actually dresses David up the same way that Goliath is dressed up. Puts a helmet on him, gives him a chain of mail, gives him a sword um, and a shield. And David says, I can't use these because I haven't tested them. Oftentimes we think that um, the reason why David couldn't use them was because they were too big. And, and you know he was wearing Saul's armor and Saul was supposed to be bigger than him. Well, I, Saul was a very intelligent person. I don't think he would have given him armor that was too big. Um, and uh, sometimes we too try to use, and, and, and in this situation, Saul tried to use the, the, the weapons that Goliath was using against him. And oftentimes I think we too try to use the weapons of this world against our enemy. And we try to dress ourselves up to look like them and to walk like them and to talk like them, to, to win them on our side. And this is not the case. Um, David, David forsakes them. Um, he said he hadn't tested them. And uh, again, and, and, and Rod can speak for this too, um, as firefighters and police officers, um, you, f- you always fall back on your training. Um, you know, you can tell yourself, well, in that situation, I'm going to do this. But when it comes down to it and, and fear and fright and all these things play into factor um, and adrenaline is up, you always fall back on how you train. Um, and, and again, in, in, you know, in sports, you know, you practice like you play. Um, how you practice determines how, what's, what's the outcome going to be. And, and, and the thought goes back to how are we training ourselves for the spiritual battles and the testings that we are in and the trials that we are in. How are we preparing ourselves now for when they are coming? Um, this is a thought that I've had for a long time. And uh, recently we've sold our house. Um, we, we are um, in, looking for a new one, um, closer, hopefully closer to the chapel. Um, but we used to live in Fontana. And in Fontana is this giant wind tunnel. And it just howls. Um, over here, the birds are chirping, and there's rainbows in the sky. And over there, um, you know, you see Dorothy and her little dog going around. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's dangerous out there. Um, 60, 70 mile an hour winds. Um, but one thing I've always noticed, and I always felt interesting, that there's always winds in Fontana. And, and, and driving home, driving to and from work, you see these trees, and they don't fall. Um, but every once in a while, you'll have a strong gust of wind that will blow through here, and it looks like a hurricane. I mean, trees are broken, branches everywhere, power lines down. Why is that? Well, it's because the trees in Fontana are tested. They're strong. They have a good root system because they are constantly being tested by this wind. Over here, the ground, no offense, is a little softer. Um, it's not as strong, and, and these trees aren't tested like the trees in Fontana. And, and so they don't fall, or these fall, whereas Fontana, they, they stand strong. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful picture of, of us and how we, um, when we were tested and we were, when we were put through it, um, that um, when that storm does come, when the 70-mile-an-hour wind does come, we were able to stand fast on the Lord. Um, um, and, he, and, and again, I'm so, uh, sorry, we'll take another minute here. It says, he took what he has tested. He took his staff and his sling something that, that was on his side all the time. As a shepherd, these were his tools. These are what he used to keep the sheep. Um, and, and 
not only did he have these physical tools, but we see in verse 45, it says that, um, uh, apologize here, it says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Not only did he have the staff and the sling, but he had the Lord of the heavenly armies on his side. Um, he approached Goliath, um, perhaps one of the biggest tests in his life. Um, later in life, he would have mighty men standing on his right and his left, but at this point in his life, he was standing alone in the valley of the shadow of death. Um, and, and no doubt, this, was, this came to mind as he was uh, writing that hymn. Um, it's the same way that our, our Savior came. He came alone, um, and, he, and he came down to this earth, and he was forsaken by his friends and his family. Um, in, in verse 47, 41 through 47, uh, and, and we won't read it for the sake of time, but it's, uh, they approached each other, and Goliath attacks his confidence. Goliath belittles him, um, and, and, and here we see it on every angle. Not only does his family belittle him, not only does the king tell him he's too small, but we have the enemy trying to attack his confidence and his faith in the Lord. Um, and, but David's faith was tested. He said, no, I'm good. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll battle here today. Um, and David redirects Saul's, uh, uh, Goliath's statements. Um, and I, I'm sorry, and we'll read this. Um, in verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You came to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you, and this day I will give the, carcass of the uh, carcasses of the camps of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give, us, give you into our hands. David redirects um, uh, Goliath's statements. And he says, I have come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Um, this is the same God who parts the sea, the same God who created the universe, the same God who Elijah calls fire from heaven to consume the altar. Um, this same God is who David is, is, is calling on, and it's the same God that we call on. Um, when, when we're facing those trials, he is there. He is right there next to us. He is there to strengthen us and to see us through. Um, the same God that David calls on is the same God we call on. Um, and, and again, going back to that psalm, Psalms 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not around, not over. He's not the bridge over troubled waters, but he's the ship that will see us through them. Um, he, it's he who gets us through these situations. Um, frankly, he tells David, or tells Goliath, that you brought a knife to a gunfight. You're armed with a, a sword and spear. I've got the, the, the Lord of hosts behind me. So you are outnumbered. Um, and most importantly, you've taunted the living God. This is, this is what angered him. Um, David knew the Lord would deliver him. He prophesied that he would not only win, but he, that he would take his head off. Um, and we see the fulfillment of this prophecy. Um, and David knew, and, and this is important, David knew the purpose of these testings. He knew the purpose and, and what, was, what, what the outcome was supposed to be. It says that the whole earth should know that there's a God in Israel and that the assembly would know that God doesn't win battles with swords and spears, that he is in control. 
And again, as we go through these, these trials and these testings in life, we need to, to remember this, that God doesn't win these battles based on our abilities, based on what we can do, but it's, it's, it's our faith and trust in him, and he will see us through to the other side. And I'm severely over time, and I apologize. Um, David, uh, we see that David ran towards Goliath, okay? He, he went directly towards the battle. Um, same way that our, our Lord's, uh, our Savior's uh, face was sent as a flint towards Jerusalem, that he didn't turn to the right hand or the left, that he, that he went all the way. Um, David came into the battle, um, and, and, and the rest is history. He struck him with a stone on the forehead. Um, Goliath fell to the ground, um, and, and there and after that, he, he took his head. Uh, perhaps an eerie silence fell over the crowd. Um, the, the, the Philistines who were anticipating this victory are shocked. Their jaw drops. And now the, the Israelites who were anticipating David being defeated are, are, are shouting and, and screaming. And they chase the Philistines and they, 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 they slaughter them. And then on their way back, they plunder the camp. Um, not only do they get their lives saved by this, by this boy, but they are given gifts afterwards. The same way that our Savior, not only has he saved us from our sin, but he gives us gifts and, and spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Um, in, in closing, may we remember that when we face these trials um, and the testings in our life, no matter how big, how small, that it's the Lord of hosts who is on our side. Um, he prepares us, he equips us, and he strengthens us to get through every situation. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you for this time that we have to come and, and, and consider um, your word. Father, think and meditate upon it. Father, we know that um, you know all things. Father, we pray that we would have a heavenly perspective on these testings and these trials that we have in our lives. Um, Father, we pray that you would prepare us even now for the tests that are to come. Father, that, that you would test our faith, that you would strengthen us. Father, we pray, Lord, that as you equip us, that we would put on these, these, this armor. And Father, that as we face these battles, we know in your word that you will strengthen us. Um, Father, we pray that you would comfort us with these words. Uh, may we grow closer to you as a result. And Father, as, as in the case of David, we pray that throughout all these tests and trials in our lives, that the whole earth would know that there is a God in heaven who loves them and has given himself for them. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.